Today we're talking about God in spirit form. He's often called the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. The word from the Old Testament translated as spirit is the word ruach. It means a wind, a breath, a violent exhalation. Testament, the Greek word translated spirit is the word pneuma. It means a current of air, a blast of breath, a strong breeze. The Holy Spirit is like the wind of God. Sometimes he comes as a gentle breeze. Other times he's a mighty rushing wind of power. Today I want to talk to you about the power of the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, we see the power of the Spirit working in countless different ways. The Holy Spirit one time gave Joseph skill to rule over Egypt. The Spirit gave Joshua military power. One time, the Spirit gave two unknown men the power to work in their crafts. The Holy Spirit gave words to prophets to speak prophetically over God's people. One time the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon and gave him power to lead the Abyssalites into battle. In Judges chapter 14, 6, as hard as it is to believe, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson in power so that he tore the lion apart with his bare hands as he might have torn a young goat. 1 Samuel 10, 6 shows the words of Samuel to Saul. The Spirit of the Lord will come upon you in power and you will prophesy with them and the Bible says you'll be changed into a different person. The New Testament sees the power of the Holy Spirit everywhere. In fact, Jesus was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 1, when Mary wondered how this would be, she asked the question, how will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin. And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. When Jesus gave his life for our sins on the cross, the Bible says the Son of God was raised from the dead, again, by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Before Jesus ascended to heaven, he promised his followers that he'd send them a gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit. He said, and now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised, but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. And that same powerful spirit is available to all who believe in Jesus today, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. If you have your Bibles with you today, let's open them up to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 1. We're in a series called the ghost as we're looking at the power of the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. As you're getting your Bibles out, all of our locations, I'm curious, how many of you that are Christians, those of you who are Christians, how many of you would say, I know someone who's a Christian that seems to have more spiritual power than I do? How many of you would say, I know somebody like that? Yeah, a lot of us do. Sometimes you'll see other people and they seem to have just a little bit more of something than you do spiritually. Like when they, when they pray, their prayers sound so powerful, you're thinking maybe, if I were God, I'd answer their prayers. They just sound powerful. 
Others, you may be in a conversation with them and they can just kind of quote Bible verses and they seem to know a Bible verse for everything. Like, how do they do that? Or, or when, when something happens that goes wrong, they're not shaken. They, they seem to have this real deep spiritual assurance. And you're wondering, how is it that they seem to have more power than I do? The answer could be that they have more power than you do. In reality, I believe there are many people who are more surrendered to the power that is available by God through the Holy Spirit than others. I'll explain it this way. When we moved into our house several years ago, it was an older home that had tons that needed to be uh, re remodeled and redone. And one thing, they had uh, railroad ties all over the outside of the house that were about 30 years old. They were falling apart. And I decided to get rid of them. And so I called my buddy, Mark Dawson. I call him Mad Dog. He came over. We put on our work gloves. We got our shovels. And we attacked these old railroad ties. We did totally fine until we got to the retaining wall made of railroad ties that were buried about four feet into the ground with only just the top portion even visible. And so we took our shovels and went after this as hard as we could. And three hours later, with our hands bleeding and our little arms shaking, we had not even gotten one railroad tie out of the long wall. We were frustrated. My cell phone rang. I picked it up. It was another buddy. He said, hey, Gross, what are you doing? I'm like, we're trying to dig these stupid railroad ties out. And he said, don't you remember I've got a bobcat? I paused to thank God in heaven for my good friend. He said, man, I'll be over there in no time at all. And sure enough, within 45 minutes, he unloaded this, this tractor on steroids that, that had this, these uh, forks at the beginning. And he pulled right up to these railroad ties and, and drove the forks in there. And then he lifted them out of the ground. It was beautiful. I mean, it was just gorgeous. And he threw them violently on the side. And I just paused to worship God in heaven within moments. They were all out of the ground. I'm still thankful today because had he not come along, Mad Dog and I would still probably be there with our gloves on and our shovel fighting this impossible task. Christians today, all over the world, put on their little work gloves and they take out their shovels and they say, we're going to live the Christian life. And in their own strength, they strive and fight and battle and don't get very far. Why? Because they're trying to live the Christian life in their own strength when there is a far greater power available. The Bible says this, and this is amazing, that to those of you who believe in Christ, you have access to the very same Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the grave. You can be filled with the powerful Spirit of God, and you have the ability to live a supernatural life in a very natural world. And yet so many put their gloves on, grab their shovels, and struggle without the power available through the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 1, the context. Jesus had already died on the cross. 
He rose from the grave. He was with his disciples having a conversation with them before he would ascend into heaven. Here's how the conversation went. Acts 1 verse 4. On one occasion, while Jesus was eating with the disciples, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father has promised, which you heard me speak about. What do you think that gift was? It was the what? It was the Holy Spirit. We studied last weekend in John 14 when Jesus said, I'm going to go away and send a gift to you, and this is going to be better than if I were with you. This is going to be the Holy Spirit. He goes on to say in verse 5, for John, and he's referring to John the Baptist, for John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now what does this mean? Well, the Greek word translated as baptized is the, is the word baptizo. And this word, it means to immerse. That's why when we baptize you, we immerse you. We dunk you in water. And for those of you that are, were really, really bad and really sinful, we dunk you and we leave you in the water for longer. We want to see some bubbles come up, baby. We want to wash those sins away. And then you explode out. And this is what Jesus said. He didn't just say, you're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But no, you're going to be baptizo. You're going to be filled, overwhelmed, overcome. You're going to be immersed in this powerful Holy Spirit. What's going to happen to you when this takes place? Verse 8. He says, but you'll receive power. Everybody say power. power. Say it again, power. power. He said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Now, what will you be able to do? He said, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. When the Holy Spirit comes and baptizes you, you will receive power. This word power comes from the Greek word dunamis. We get our word dynamite from the word dunamis. It means a force. It means a miraculous force power, if you're taking notes, it means the explosive power of God. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, it will baptize you. You will have dunamis, the explosive power of God. And then he says to his disciples, you're going to be empowered by the Spirit to take my message into all the world. You may say, well, what's the big deal about that? You have to remember exactly who Jesus was talking to. He was talking to his disciples who for the last three years couldn't get much right. Never one time did Jesus say to his disciples, man, you guys have such great faith, I can't even believe I'm here with you. <laughs> over and over again he said, don't you guys get it? You're with me and yet you still have such little faith. Peter, the kind of ringleader, he said, Jesus, I'm with you all the time. I, I'll never leave you. And then right before the cross, three times, Peter denies Jesus. At the cross, after Jesus had already said, I'm going to give my life, only one of the 12 showed up, John. The others were hiding, cowering in fear. Jesus died, rose from the grave, and where were his fearless disciples when he returned? Locked in a little room, scared to death of the Jewish authorities. Jesus comes in, says, I'm here. They don't believe it. The women had told us, but we still didn't believe. Thomas, who heard from the other 10 that he was back and still saw him, said, I still don't believe until I touch the scars. And Jesus looked at these very ordinary men and said, you will have power 
to take this message all over the world. And here we are at this moment declaring the lordship of Christ in churches around the world. Why? Because the Holy Spirit came upon very ordinary people and gave them the power to take this message all over the world. And that same powerful spirit is available today to all who believe. Take off your little gloves, put down your little shovel, stop doing the Christian life in your own limited strength, and surrender to the unlimited power of the Holy Spirit. Next week, we're going to talk about the power of the Spirit in spiritual gifts or the gifts of the Spirit. We're going to spend the whole week talking about that. This week, though, I want to show you four distinct qualities that the power of the Holy Spirit wants to give to all believers. The first one, if you're taking notes, write this down. The Holy Spirit gives you the power to share Christ boldly. The Holy Spirit wants to give you the power to share Christ boldly. Look at the words of Paul, 1 Corinthians 2, verses 4 and 5. He said this. He said, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words. I'm not the best speaker around. But my message came, he says, with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but instead on God's power. He said, I'm not the most eloquent speaker around, but when you saw me show up, the power of the Holy Spirit was there. And quite honestly, that's what I rely on every single week. I believe with everything in me that I'm not the best, the smartest by far, but God can take my words and by the power of the Holy Spirit, customize them in a way that would speak directly into your life. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that enables us to communicate the message of Christ in a life-transforming way. In fact, when I was a young preacher, I was, I was scared to death, 22, 23 years of age, trying to preach, and afterwards, this older lady came up to me one time, and she said, young man, that sermon wasn't half bad. And I said, well, thank you. I tried to be humble. I said, it was actually all the Holy Spirit. She said, young man, if it was all the Holy Spirit, it would have been really good. I said it wasn't half bad. <laughs> and probably a lot of truth to that. If you ever have felt maybe uncomfortable, underqualified, not good enough to share your faith, there's nobody that understands better than I do. I, I was terrified to, to talk about who Jesus was. In fact, this is crazy, but as a, as a young preacher, in the church world, we call what happens at the end, there's different names. They call it the altar call. It's kind of the old uh, phrase. Or the invitation at the end of the time. I used to preach, and I was so bad at that part, I would always hand it off and have someone else do it all the time. I was scared to death to invite people to follow Christ. I had tried. No one ever did, ever. And so I just assumed I'm horrible at this. And one day, a church member came up named Jerry Kittredge, and he said, Craig, why don't you ever do the invitation at the end? I said, well, I've done it like about 10 times, and I'm 0 for 10. I'm horrible at it, and so I'm just not any good. He said, I believe the Spirit brought me here 
to pray for you and ask the Holy Spirit to give you power to do that well. He said, do you mind if I pray for you? I said, sure, you can pray for me, but ain't nothing going to happen. Okay, how's that faith for a preacher? Okay, and <laughs> So Jerry, uh, regular church member guy, put his hands on me and prayed. Now, I don't know why. I can't explain this. I don't understand it. But you can read in the Bible, there's something that happens when, with the laying on of hands. You see it over and over and over again in, in the Bible. When a godly person lays hands on someone else and prays, there is, there is something that takes place in the spirit world that's, that I just can't explain. He laid hands on me and he prayed. Now, sometimes when people pray, you'll feel something. Other times, you won't feel anything. Bottom line, it doesn't matter what you feel, it matters what God does. But on that particular um, moment, I did very much feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. And Jerry prayed, God, give Craig the ability to do this well, to reach thousands of people. I thought, thousands? I, I'd, like, I'd like one, you know. And, <laughs> and so the very next time I taught, I stood up before, between, there were 40 people there, and I knew almost all of them. Most of them had been a Christian longer than I've been alive. I'm thinking, this is stupid. I'm going to do this to these 40 people who are already Christians. And, and I just closed my eyes, and I just said, okay, give me the words, and I just started and then I decided in front of 40 people, I said, everybody looking, if you are not following Jesus and you know it, and, you, and I went through the deal, I said, turn from your sins and stand up publicly. And there were eight people out of 40 that stood up in this group to follow Christ. And I've never backed down since because the Holy Spirit gives me power to share Christ. And he will give you that same power if you trust him. You watch this week. You'll be in a conversation, those of you that are believers, and you'll feel prompted. This person needs God. And, you, and you, you've got an opening, and, and you, you might hesitate, follow the prompting of the Spirit. You may say, but I, I don't know what to say. You just do it, and you watch what happens. You'll be in the middle of a place, and you'll get this missile from heaven, boom, that lands in your head, and you'll be quoting this Bible verse that you didn't even know that you knew. You'll go look it up later just to make sure it's in there. And, and, and it will be because the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say. You may come to a point where you're just like, do you mind if I pray for you? And you're like going, oh, no, I'm no good at prayers. Every time I pray, I'm like, dear six-pound, eight-ounce baby Jesus. And you don't pray like that. Don't pray like that. And you think, I'm just not a good prayer. And the next thing you know, you're praying, and all of a sudden this prayer comes from out of nowhere, and you've got faith for it. And what is it? That's the Holy Spirit coming upon you, a regular person, in power to give you the power to share Christ boldly. You can access that very same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. He is available to you, and he will come upon you in power when you trust him. Number one, he will give you power to share Christ boldly. Number two, he will give you power when you are weak. This is going to speak to some of you. He will give you power when you are weak. Romans 8.26 says, in the same way, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, helps us in our what? He helps us in our weakness. Now, how does he help us? Too many ways to count. One of the ways is he prays for us. Watch this. The Bible says, we don't know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. The Holy Spirit prays for us when we're weak. Here's the deal. Many of you got your gloves on, got your shovel. <sighs> where you are weak is where God's spirit is made perfect. 
give you an example. I've got a workout buddy, John. We've worked out together for about 17 years. We haven't gotten any more muscular. I don't know what we're doing wrong, but we still go to the gym. And one time, we were doing chest exercises, and we decided to do a burnout set. That's where you put on light weight at the, it's the end of the workout, and you just exhaust your muscles until they're totally fatigued. We put on some light weight, and I got on the bench press underneath and decided to do 20 reps. And so we went, I did 10 easily, and then I hit this wall. Boom, it got hard all of a sudden. And he's going, come on, 10 more, come on. And I'm doing, my arms are shaking, my little boobies are on fire, baby, fire. <laughs> Booby fire. <laughs> you know, and he's going, come on, there's more in you. Know, like 14, 15, and he's positioned, kind of helping me doing this. And at 15, I just let go. He didn't even notice, and he just kept doing this, 16. <laughs> 17, I did the last five without even touching the bar. It was awesome. And in a real sense, that's a picture of what the Holy Spirit does. When we get to the end of our strength, the Holy Spirit is strong where we cannot be strong. And he can do that for you. He helps us and gives us power in our weakness. I'll give you a random example. This, when I grew up, I did well in school, but only because I studied like crazy. And I tested really high math, science, all these things. When it came to reading comprehension, I was like as low as you could get. I, I could, could it, reading was so difficult. I promise you, I did not, you can ask my mom, I didn't read an entire book all the way through high school. I couldn't do it. I'd read, my mind, boring. And I, I, I couldn't, couldn't do it created a real problem. I faked my way through college. When I went into to cemetery, excuse me, when I went to seminary, <laughs> when I went to seminary in my uh, mid-20s, I was working a full-time pastor, working 50 hours a week or more, and commuting an hour and a half one way to go to school, and was studying 90 hours of graduate-level work in a three-year period while working full-time. Here's the challenge. In, in this seminary, honest to goodness, in most classes, we had to read a book per week per class. I was dead, okay? Dead. Couldn't do this. And I read the verse, the Holy Spirit will help you in your weakness. I said, okay, this is crazy. I don't, I don't know if it's going to work or not, but I'm a weak reader. Holy Spirit, help me. My wife will tell you, my mom will tell you who used to buy me tutoring to help me to be a better reader. Didn't ever work. At that moment, something changed, and all of a sudden, it was like I went from being unable to read to having almost a photographic memory. I, I studied a little bit about speed reading, and all of a sudden, God is my witness. I can read a whole book in 30 minutes or 45 minutes, and I can remember almost all of it. Sometimes people say, well, why don't you use more notes when you're preaching? Man, baby, I got notes on top of notes. I just read them, and I'm preaching through them, and I can see them in my mind and just preach right through them because I can remember it. It is a supernatural gift that was not there for 25 years, and now it's one of the most valuable tools I have in ministry. I can write fast, read fast, and it, it, it make the kill and move on and absorb this information. And that was something the Holy Spirit did for me in my weakness. And I believe with everything in me, wherever you're weak today, the Holy Spirit can be strong. You may be, you're a parent, and you're going, I don't know what to do with these kids. They're too much. The Holy Spirit can give you wisdom. Ask him. Ask him. 
You, you may have a presentation coming up at work, and you're like, I am the worst in front of people. I panic. I freeze. My voice, my heart, little, little, I say, ask the Holy Spirit, and where you're weak, he can be strong. You may have a sin in your life that you just can't overcome, and you've been taking the little shovel, and you've been working. I just can't. I just, ah. The Holy Spirit of God can give you power where you're weak. Call on him. Look, look at what the Bible says. I love this. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. This was Paul, and he was complaining about this thorn in his side. God, take it away, take it away, take it away. And here's what God says. God says, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. He says, therefore, I'll boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. For where I am weak, then I am strong. It is the power of the Holy Spirit who will give you power to share Christ boldly. He will give you power where you are weak. Number three, he will give you power to have hope in a hopeless world. And this thought in this scripture for many of you, it will be life today. Let the Spirit speak this directly to you. Romans 15, 13. Paul said, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. Now check this out. So that, watch this, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Look at it again. So that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So many people today have very limited hope. If this water represented hope, this is about all the hope a lot of people have. They're not overflowing with hope, they have very limited hope. For example, if we put our hope in anything besides God, it's always going to be limited. If we put our hope, let's say, in ourselves, we have limited hope. If we put our hope in other people, again, our hope is limited. If we put our hope in our circumstances, our circumstances will only take us so far. Our hope is limited because it's not put in an unlimited God. The good news is, though, if you put your hope in God, He can cause you to overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. If you're hurting today, if you're afraid, put your hope in God and let him overflow in your life with joy and hope by the Spirit. Let's say you lose your job, continue to put your hope in God and he will be your provider. If you find out someone you love is sick, continue to put your hope in God and let the Holy Spirit be your healer. If you find yourself worried about tomorrow, put your hope in God and let the Holy Spirit be your comforter. If you lose someone you love, as much as it hurts, we don't have to grieve like those who have no hope. We can put our hope in God and the promise of the resurrection and glory eternally in heaven. If you're hurting today, put your hope in God. Those who hope in anything else have a limited hope, but scripture says this, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. If you are hurting today, I, pr I pray that that verse becomes so real to you 
that even though you don't see anything to have hope in, that you can overflow in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Put your hope in God. The fourth thing that I want to show you today is, is unquestionably the most important, and that is, if you're taking notes, that the, the Holy Spirit, he will give you the power to experience all the fullness of God. He will give you the power to experience all the fullness of God. And some of you may be saying, huh, what, 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 what does that mean? Here's, here's what I've noticed. Uh, in our church and in our country, I believe so many people have reduced Christianity down to the lowest common denominators. Basically, Christianity for so many people today is, yeah, I believe in God. Yeah, I, I did the Jesus prayer thing. Check the box there. Maybe got baptized. I joined a church. I, I read the Bible every now and then, maybe kind of, not a lot, sort of, and I try to be a good person. I try to be a good person. Okay? When you look at the lives of so many Christians, what you see is something that really doesn't look much different than the rest of the world. Still hurting, still addicted, still filled with worry, still broke, still struggling in marriages, no real faith, no real victory. Why? No power. No power. And so many people today don't really understand, really understand who God is and what he has for you. And the Holy Spirit will give you power to experience all the fullness of God. Paul prayed for the believers in Ephesus, and I pray this prayer for our church family. He prayed this. I pray that out of his glorious riches, God may strengthen you with power. Now, where does this power come from? Power through the Spirit. In your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love, here it is again, may have power. Why? Because you need this power, that you may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ and to know that this love surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. If you've ever wondered, is there more to Christianity? There's got to be more than not doing the big bad stuff and trying to do some good stuff. The answer is yes, there is so much more. There is the reality of the constant presence of God through the Holy Spirit that you can have with you this peace that surpasses all human ability to understand, that you can manifest the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control, that you can be led by the Spirit and walk by faith and not by sight, that you can have a joy unspeakable, that you can have a supernatural strength, that you can be rooted and established in the very secure love of Christ, and you can live a supernatural life in this very natural world. You can never do it by your own strength, but there is another power that is available to you. Call on him and watch the Holy Spirit fill you, strengthen you, comfort you, guide you, 
counsel you and be your intercessor as he empowers you to live the life that you are incapable of living on your own, one that will bring glory and honor to God in heaven. Holy Spirit, would you fill us? Would you, would you touch us? Would you move freely in this place? Would you empower ordinary Christians to live an extraordinary spirit-filled life? Would you rule and reign? Help us to overcome our flesh and surrender fully to your power that we may please you and live for you in every way. All of our locations, as you're praying, those of you who would say, I am a believer unquestionably, but I'm not living with this power. I believe it's real, and I want it. If there is more of God and he has more for me, I want it. Fill me, baptize me, reveal to me everything. I'm weak. I need your strength. I'm not good at sharing my faith. I need your power. I'm hurting. I need your hope. And I know God, but not completely. Holy Spirit, give me everything that God wants me to have. If that's you, would you lift your hands high right now? Just lift them up. Just lift them up. God, I thank you for so many people who are hungry for more of you. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do. I pray, God, that you would fill us, baptize us, change us. May, may we be immersed in the power of your spirit, God. Help us, Lord, to be weak so that your strength would be made perfect. God, I pray for those who have people they love and they don't know how to share their faith. Come upon them, God, boldly. Come upon them boldly by the power of your spirit. God, for those who are hurting, give them a supernatural hope that is overflowing by the power of your spirit. At this moment, Holy Spirit, comfort. At this moment, may they experience you. At this moment, may they experience you. Holy Spirit, I, I pray that you would break strongholds and addictions. God, that you, even those who have very practical struggles, I pray that you would be strong where they are weak. And, and, and God, we ask that your Holy Spirit would reveal to us just who you are, how much you love us, and what really matters, that we may enjoy the fullness of God through your love, empowered by your spirit. Now, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would draw people to yourself today. As you're praying at all of our location, there are those of you today, supernaturally something is happening at, at this moment. You're feeling drawn to God. Some of you, you're church folks, you're church people, you've grown up around the church, but you're recognizing, you know what? I may kind of know the right answers, but I'm not really sure I know the one who gives the answers. I, I may have trusted in churchianity and religion, but I don't know that I really know God. I don't know that I really, that was me, that was me, that was me, that was me, that was me. And God drew me by the power of his spirit and revealed who he really was through Christ. Some of you, that's you. You recognize today, you don't truly know him. Others of you, you're not church people, but something is happening. You're being drawn to God today. Your friends may think that's weird. You don't fully understand it, but that is the power of the Holy Spirit revealing your need for God. Today, you may recognize you're apart from God and you want to be with God. Today, you're simply going to call on his name through the name of Jesus, the one who lived, shed his blood, died, and rose again so you could be forgiven, so you could be transformed. That's why you're here. It is no accident. It is by the divine purpose of God and the Holy Spirit is drawing you and you've got a choice. You can accept him or you can reject him today. The choice is yours. The Holy Spirit is calling you. There are those of you who are going to say yes all of my life 
every bit of it. God, I surrender to you through your son Jesus. Forgive me of my sins and change me, and he will. You will be transformed, and you will be filled with the Holy Spirit, and you will never be the same. All of our locations, that's you today. Call on the name of Jesus to save you and make you new. If that's you, would you lift your hands high right now? Lift them high. All over the place, just lift them up, and I just want to acknowledge you, both of you here and both hands there. Others of you right over here as well, back here. Leave your hands up for a minute. I want to look you in the eyes. Those of you at church online, right below me. Click right now. I'm surrendering my life to Christ. Right there as well. Uh, all three of you back here in this section. God bless you all. Praise God for you over here in this section. Right over here and right here as well. Others of you, right back over there. I'm calling on him right there as well. I need him. Take over, Jesus. Forgive me. Transform me right here. Right over here in the middle section. Others of you. Holy Spirit, continue to draw people. Step across the line of faith right now. Others of you who would say me too in the presence of God as he's drawing you right here and right back here and right back over there. Others of you, right back over here, right back over here. Praise God for you. Pray with those around you, everybody aloud. Right back over here, right back over there. Everybody together praying. Heavenly Father, take all of my life. Save me from my sins. I believe that Jesus died for me and he rose again so I could live for him. Fill me with your spirit. Make me brand new. Empower me to live a life only for you. Thank you for new life. Now take all of mine. In Jesus' name I pray. And all of our campuses, would you worship him? Would you thank him? Would you welcome those today who are born into the family of God?